0: Everybody, happy Thursday. Welcome into Fresh Takes with Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo across <laughs> from me. Uh not across from me. Uh he is behind me, as always. Man, <laughs> not as the, always. The man the well, I mean now it's as always the man, the myth, the legend himself, Nick Felice. Nick, happy Thursday. How you doing?
1: Uh, you know, doing good, Paul. Um, uh, just got a new haircut. Uh this, you're looking fresh, man. Yeah, this uh this, uh, this morning, probably about 10 minutes ago, but uh, shout out to Hair Teak.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, you, you, you're looking pretty good over there, man.
1: Not yeah, bad. thanks, okay. man. Uh, what's his name? Josh Berry. How about him at Richmond? Almost, yeah. yeah Second been, place? Been, it would have been
0: chaos. And, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that, obviously. As, uh, Paul was there. we going for that. But, yeah, we, uh, college basketball, the NBA playoffs, mainly your Knicks, Nick. Locked in. They already know who they're playing, so touch on that a little bit and then yeah we'll recap uh my me down in Richmond so we'll be looking uh, at another full slate as always here so uh but first as always uh March Madness concludes yep. UConn defeats San Diego State take home their fifth title in the 25 years and that's all five and 25 years what a run and that's with three different coaches right Calhoun Kevin Alley and now Dan Hurley it's weird because, like, to me, I, I just – I don't know if they get the full respect they deserve every now and then. And um, I think now a lot of people are finally probably starting to realize that – and this is something that I want to table for a moment here, about how good and consistent they usually are, especially in our lifetimes, right? I mean, all their championships in the past 25 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a number that – I mean, I th- believe the only – success rate better than that's like ucla and that's only because of back in you know the 60s and 70s so it it's quite the accomplishment for really the program as a whole and let alone really i and we we can touch on it but like i mentioned you know back at the start of the tournament right like uh, there are people mumbling you know if dan hurley was the right guy for the job and clearly he, he is and was and we put on the hot seat yeah yeah yeah
1: but, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, they're definitely a blue blood. I when you really think about it because they haven't been – they haven't even made the Sweet 16 since 2014's championship. Right. I mean, so it's – I haven't really thought about them lately. Right. And, uh, I mean, when you really think about it, they were blue blood before this tournament. And, uh, and uh, so it's not – it kind of like – it definitely uh, – because this was a crazy tournament. Tons of madness. We had Three teams that never been to the Final Four in the in the Final Four, and UConn wins it all. It kind of like takes away uh, the whole madness and be like, okay, at least you know some big name did still end up winning this tournament, even though a lot of them went out early. Uh, so it's <coughs> t- five and twenty-five years is very impressive. Um, you know they are they're not just a woman's basketball. School. I mean, this is also men's. I mean, when you think of UConn, you think women's basketball because of all the the eleven championships that they have. But this is also the, the men's team. I mean, I think a couple of those men's championships, UConn was going to the Final Four every year, so they were getting both programs to the Final Four at the same time. So yeah, and um, uh, so I think you know they're kind of o- they're overshadowed by the women's team and they're overshadowed by. You know these other schools like Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina, and we just gotta realize that this is one of the best programs in college basketball. Is UConn, and they yeah. sure they went a while. It's been nine years since they even made the Sweet 16, but they uh, they proved it this tournament, and we predicted it. We uh, we said UConn, and San Diego State in the championship last week's podcast not at the beginning <laughs> uh, and we got it right so good for us I'll
0: go ahead and take a little bit of the bait here because um, you know and I, I don't know if it's just maybe like the bias or well you know like regionally type thing here and this kind of bleeds into like the next talking point I do want to talk about maybe UConn and college basketball as a whole but you know you mentioned right that this was our first Sweet 16 appearance let alone since since 14 but I mean, I don't see them getting overshadowed by Duke or UNC or Kentucky, really. Like, I, at this point, I hold UConn in a bit of a higher regard than the, than those other programs at this point, personally speaking. Um, and, you know, a lot of it maybe has to do at this point with this resurgence of the new quote-unquote Big East and... Um, you know, UConn obviously from the old Big East, even though they had to stop over in the American here for a little bit. But um, I look at it like this, frankly, and you know, I think you know because you brought up, but we'll bring this discussion point up first now is they are blue blood at this point. I, I don't, I don't see a way that maybe they weren't anyway in the first place. But you win a fifth title in a 25-year span. Uh, it's it's nuts. No, no other team has been able to do that in this in this stretch in that point. You know, and look, I look at it like this too. Uh, like, what players are you're producing out of your program at this point? You know, UConn has pretty good NBA pedigree at this point. Not to say that Duke or UNC or Kentucky doesn't, but like. The players that come out of there, do they have Prolongated NBA careers? Not really, not anymore I mean, sure <laughs> You have like your Zellers kind of poking Through every now and then You know, the occasional Plum Lee <laughs> And stuff like that But yeah, look, you'll get UConn like, A guy like Jeremy Lamb has kind of Resurrected himself, right? Kind of had a great run uh, Health kind of derailed that But uh, To me anyway and this is going to be the really interesting point here that if people will ever really do the deep dive on here. Like UNC has Michael Jordan, for example, right? Who does Duke have that kind of rivals that? No one. You know, that's not slight. I don't want to make it a slight on, say, Grant Hill or 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 players like that, but frankly, Duke does not have that, Okay. UConn has a transcendent guy in Ray Allen, obviously not to the level of Michael Jordan, but Ray Allen up until, you know, recently was the all-time three-point scorer, tri- really evolved the game to a point where he was, um, you know, not even a shooter, a, a true three-point shooter at the start of his career, right? I mean, the guy won, guy was in dunk contests and then transitioned over. So, mm-hmm. um That's the kind of way I look at this at this point is look at the product as well at the next level. and UConn really exceeds a lot of checkpoints and a lot of these other programs that we want to put up there on that pedestal. They they just don't do. At least not anymore. I don't know. Uh, For a moment though, do want to talk about San Diego State. A really good program. Uh, They'll be back next year. They're going to be bringing back a lot. Brian Dutcher... Uh, it got pounded into, pounded in the ground uh, discussion points about how a lot of people saw him as a career assistant, uh, finally got a shot, you know, once Steve Fisher retired, but um, what a great job by him to kind of bring this program back from really what was going to be a high point in
1: 2020.
0: Yep. Uh, pandemic caused that, had to restructure a little bit, and now they're back, and I don't see them going anywhere. Um it's going to be interesting. I, I've heard rumors and I've seen rumors that San Diego State will be a part of the, or a potential part of the restructured, Pac-12. So I think it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there. Uh, but what a what a season for the Aztecs! Like I said, they'll be back again uh, next year. I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, there's some people that was saying that people like ten years from now is going to forget about this championship game between UConn and. San Diego State. It actually
0: – it was ranked pretty good, um, viewership-wise.
1: Yeah. I um, thought the Final Four game, the first one, was pretty good. FAU, San Diego State. You know, San Diego State hitting that shot to win the game. Um, I mean, San Diego State's got to prove it. I mean, they've got to make people remember this game. They've got to make people remember that this was the start of san diego state's dominance as a program to try to be continuing to be they don't want to just have this one final four one championship game they want to get back to the final four and eventually win it so and in today's college basketball you can do that anybody can win a national championship i feel like in college basketball right now you put together a you know a veteran team a team that's very experienced wise in the tournament and uh you can do you can do a lot and I feel like I just I feel like we're going to see more upsets. I think a fifteen seeds becoming over two is becoming a, a regular occurrence, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, like I think we said this last week, but sixteen seeds they're going to win more than they usually do. It's still going to be rare because these are small schools taking on the big the big dogs. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens, but you know. San Diego State great season It just uh UConn was just I mean they blew everyone out I mean, they beat them by 10 points everybody and I think that was the first time since Villanova, 2018 to do that so they were just they they proved everyone wrong this year San Diego State with making the championship game they just could not get past UConn well,
0: let's jump into that quick though before we before we transition to the women's championship game I'm kind of going to go, I'll go here on the record and kind of just say, I I don't see there being power five anymore in college basketball only because of the point you bring up. Um, I thought this was proof that this year, I consider the Big East to be the the quote-unquote sixth power conference if you want to go with that anyway, but, um, and I'd probably put them above a a number of those other ones within that power structure if you want to keep it that way. I'm not. You bring up a good point and we talked about it a lot here the past month month and a half two months where college basketball there's just so much parity everybody's closer than they have been before um sure i i will allow the conversations right of your blue bloods for the most part to still be the ones quote unquote in control if you will but even then it's tough to it's tough to, I guess, visualize in a way, like, going forward, them really still having that string hold, right? And even look within, say, the conferences, like in ACC, right, Miami, right? Just, they aren't known for basketball. They're known for, like, football and baseball from the sporting element. And yet, here they are, the best sport that they've had going now from Past handful, the ten seasons, has been basketball, um, and now they're clearly and they're women's basketball. You know, I uh, that's actually what I was about to say. was like both programs are either on the rise or or there. You know, depending on how you all look at it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see because like all this, all this is coming to a head anyway. But I'm intrigued to see how the structure fully plays out here uh, with that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's of course, all of it's dependent on football. And, and, (laughs) uh, you know, I just want to thank your Notre Dame Fighting Irish for being uh, the cog in that machine to keep that thing uh, from rolling along. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, right, because uh, I kind of teased it right a little bit just now with saying that, you know, the one thing that I've been seeing a lot of steam pick up is, like, San Diego State. Like, it might be the next Pac-12 team coming in, Um and, you know, whether or not that happens, who, who knows, right? I mean, you have FAU. If you want to go further, they're going from the CUSA to the American next year. Oh, they are. And, yeah, so it, there, there's a lot to, to unpack, but, it, but that just, to me, it backs up my point of I, just, I don't see how there's power fives anymore in that sense, you know.
1: Yeah, the conference, the conference realignment. I just am not liking it at all. It just continues to happen, and I don't know what's going to happen. in College football goes to this two conference thing eventually. <laughs> this is what they say. They're going to go to. I, I don't know what's going to happen to these other sports. But
0: yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting. Um, do you want to spend a few minutes here because um, the women's title game ended up being. Really awesome, and I was not able to watch live. live. It caught me off guard that it was being played at 3.30 in the afternoon on Sunday, um, but I don't know if they just didn't want to put it in Sunday Night Baseball or something, but I would have probably watched that Sunday night after I got back to the hotel from the race over uh, Sunday Night Baseball, but I was able to catch. We were able to catch kind of, you know, everything in a replay and everything like that, but LSU... Uh, gets to win. Kind of a thrilling stuff there. Uh, there's a lot to unpack within this game um, and I know, you know, the Railers runners are like, you yeah, hardly ever discuss women's college basketball, but it's interesting here because there is a lot to unpack uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll get to, I think, what everybody wants and has been talking about right with Angel Reese and, and Caitlin Clark, but LSU is an interesting program. They They I should probably do a little bit of a brief history here. Louisiana as a state has a really interesting history within women's basketball. Louisiana Tech was kind of the first, I wouldn't say first dynasty, but like they really were one of the key teams and programs to kind of get women's basketball off the ground in the 80s. And Kim Mulkey, the head coach of LSU, was, was on those teams. And... I think that's where I really want to take this take this off first. where does she rank all time now at this point? She's the first women's coach to win national championships at multiple programs: Baylor, LSU. Um, some of that, you know, Gino obviously has never done. Some of that Pat Summit never has done. Obviously, Don Staley. So it's interesting uh, because I think a lot of people's introduction to Kim Mulkey through the years and mine as well back in the day was. Um, her really, I'll call it exuberance, right, whether uh, style or the way she acts. I mean, we saw in the title game itself, you know, her – and I don't know if she, like, grabbed the official, like, intentionally in the way that some people think, but, you know, you have the wardrobe choices as well. So it's it's weird. But, you know, in terms of the women's college coaching game, I mean, she's got to be Mount Rushmore at this point in my mind. I, I just what she's been able to do and kind of you know to be fair the prominence that um that she's been able to do it do it with at this point you know what i mean um so it'll be interesting there um so were you able to watch live nick at all or yeah
1: i watched it uh, actually yeah uh i didn't really think of much of the ending there it's just a little trash talk i didn't i didn't really think too much about that i mean is it extreme trash talk? I don't know. I mean, that you see it all the time in sports. So, I mean, I don't know if there's anything personal between the two sides or the two teams or the two players. I don't know that. I don't. I have not looked into that or followed any of that. But it's just a little trash talk, you know. Caitlin Clark doesn't have a ring and Angel Reese does. So, uh, so that wasn't too much. I didn't think too much of that. I mean, I think it blew up in the media a little bit. But... Uh, LSU should really be thanking Iowa because I think if if LSU plays South Carolina in the championship game, I don't think they win because, you know, I think they probably played them twice, if not three times. Uh, South Carolina was undefeated. I think they would have known how to beat LSU. And it's just matchup-wise, I think LSU matched up better with uh, Iowa than they do South Carolina. So... In a way, Iowa beating South Carolina helped LSU win this championship, Uh, so, you know, and then you you mentioned the coach there for LSU, yeah, she's definitely up there, I mean, it's tough because women's basketball, it's hard to judge, because there's probably tons of good, great women's basketball coaches, but it's hard to judge them because they haven't won national titles because of UConn and Tennessee back in the day, they were winning all the titles. So it's just, like, it's just, there's so many great coaches in college basketball, whether it's men's or women's, just tons, that have never won anything. They haven't won a championship, haven't been in the Final Four, but are considered great coaches. Because it's not easy. I mean, you're talking about winning six. I mean, winning six straight games in any sport is impossible. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's it's, it's hard to. It's, like, okay, New York Yankees, go out there and win six straight games at the biggest moments of the season against the best teams. Uh, so it's, it's really hard to do. So it's hard to judge people off of how many championships they have. And this LSU coach, um, she has a championship with LSU and Baylor, so that should definitely put her on the Mount Rushmore coaches for women's basketball. And uh, it's just there's a lot of great coaches that just don't get a lot of recognition Lock, yeah, that's mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and you kind of teased it there a little bit, but yeah, the Caitlin Clark Angel Grease thing. Uh, look, Caitlin Clark has been doing that all, all year, so I, I think a lot of it's just you know people. Frankly, I I think it's the way people just kind of operate now. They're trying to find a thing to pick on somebody and. Uh, because it's just not the way they look or the way they feel. Yeah, I mean I, I, I love it. I mean I'm a proponent of uh the whole entire violent cells types thing anyway in sports and uh I, I thought it was great, you know, if you can't if you can't take it, don't dish it. You know? Mm-hmm. And Kaylin Clark seems to be perfectly fine that it happened. So um yeah. it's kind of already passed. I mean obviously, you know, we we come here on Thursday to discuss it and it's already kind of worked itself through outside a few, you know, older, older heads kind of want to still really discuss it, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, to me, it's like a moot point, it's a non-talk point, you know, but, um, like I said, K-1's able to dish it and take it, so I, I don't see it probably the same with Angel or Reese, and, um, you know, apparently the ones who can't take it are, you know, the ones who are still posting about it on Facebook, <laughs> 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 you know? So I, I don't know I to me uh, to me it's great I think this helps honestly grow women's basketball even more women's sports because uh, you need the figures like this to be able to do it uh, you know I, like I said I, you gotta I'm not saying you know any PR is bad PR type thing or anything like that but stuff like this you know people people get people get talking about it right I mean like I said even. You know, even though it's gone quiet, there's still some rumblings about it. So, I'm all for it—more trash talk, more whatever. People
1: love rivalries, yeah. and now LSU and Iowa is a rivalry. So, I th- I think it's I think it's good for the sport, to be honest with you.
0: Who would have thought? Iowa,
1: LSU, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rivalry. Yeah. All
0: right, let's uh, transition over, Nick. NBA playoffs on deck. The NBA is in their final weekend of games coming up here uh, for the regular season. And there's going to be a lot of chaos, and we can touch on that in a minute. But we need to celebrate your New York Knicks officially locked in. And they already know who they're playing. They're going to be taking on the Cavaliers. How about that?
1: In Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, what do you
0: mean in Cleveland? In MSG2. That's game three. The Garden will be rocking.
1: Yes. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. It was two years ago. We had the four seed, and the Hawks had the five seed. And... It's a lot of pressure going at home. I mean, sure, you got the home court, uh, but it's a lot of pressure to start at home. There's really no pressure. Knicks just go in there and try to win one game in Cleveland, and all of a sudden, they are in control of the series. And if they somehow win two games, you're in full control of the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm happy they got back. At it. I mean, let's look, let's face it. Last year, they didn't have a point guard. They had Alex, Alex Burks playing point guard, and uh, Jalen Brunson. Not getting an MVP, uh, he's not going to be getting any, any any MVP votes this year, but I think he is definitely should be considered. I really do. I, he's changed this entire team around. He's made Julius Rand- Randall better. He's made Quickly better. I mean, the whole team's just, Josh Hart's been a great addition. I got to give a shout out to the front office. I thought they were a bunch of goofballs just sitting up there in their, their box seats. But, uh, you know, they've actually done a pretty good job. I think this, if Dallas could stay around this 10 pick, we get the Dallas pick because of the Jalen Brunson deal. I mean, things are looking up right now. And if we can win a playoff series, then this whole season was a success. I think if they don't win this series against Cleveland, good, it was a good season. Good building season. But to be a success... I think we got to win this series and get to this, the conference semifinals. So looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, as a Knicks fan, been pretty loyal since the year two thousand and five. Uh, I've seen. I have seen uh, four, five. This will be my six playoff series that I have seen so far. They are one and four, and they've only won a, to- a grand total of. One, two, six, eight games. You're supposed to win 16 to win a championship, pal. Uh, I've seen them win eight playoff games since I've been a fan. Hope we're hoping to change something this year. Okay, let's see if, what Russo team's going to get in the playoffs as well before the play-in. Is it going to be the Nets or the or the Heat? That's still yet to be decided this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be decided to across the board. It's going to be... An exciting final weekend. the Knicks, though, with the Cavs. How do you feel about the Cavs? Because the Cavs are number one on defense and number seven on offense. And they're kind of regarded as they probably won't make, you know, any noise per se. But you can't take them lightly. I mean, those are numbers that teams have won championships
1: with, you know. They're very young. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll say, I know I'm very biased towards the Knicks and stuff like that. But the only thing I'll say who on that Cavs team has playoff experience other than Donovan Mitchell?
0: Chetty Osman.
1: Yeah. He won the championship. <laughs> Did he win the championship?
0: I think he was like their extreme young man. Because this would be their first
1: playoff series since they won the championship in 20, 2016. Yeah. yeah. I think so. They made the play last year. didn't work out for them. Uh,
0: no, 17. They had that last year with LeBron.
1: Yeah, 17. Yeah. Um, are a good young team, I mean, I respect them. I I, I do. I, I like the matchup. I think we can go in there and beat them. We beat them three out of four times. I know that doesn't mean anything. I mean we could go back to 2013. Your Heat lost all four games to the Nets that year, and they go and I think they beat them in five in the conference semifinals, if I remember correctly. That's who had uh, Paul Pierce, KG, and all them that, that year. Uh, so it really doesn't. I mean, you could take what you want from regular season series, but this is we 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 You know, we're both zero and zero. It's a new game. Um, sure, you got the experience of playing the team, so you know how to face them. But uh, I think it's gonna be a great series. I think wouldn't be surprised if it goes six or seven, but obviously not room for that. Obviously, I'm hoping it goes four and we get out of there and we move on. Because uh, we know we both know Knicks and the Cavs know the Bucks are waiting on the other side. Sure, maybe the Hawks can win a game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's most likely gonna be the Bucks in the conference finals, who I who in my opinion thinks is the biggest threat to win the NBA championship this year. Mm-hmm. And uh and don't be. Surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll tell you right now. Knicks, Cavs, Bucks. Winner out of that side of the bracket is going to the NBA Finals. I'm telling you right now. The winner out of that side of the bracket is going to the NBA Finals. And I'll give you a little bit of love. I think if they Heat can make a run, they can get. Out. I'm just. I'm not buying the Celtics, and I'm not buying the Sixers. But I think if they Heat. Can get through the other side. You never know. They can maybe make.
0: The I I respectfully like what you're saying, but uh on the
1: Heat front, it ain't gonna happen. I know they've been playing inconsistent, but yeah. man, they're they're scary. I I I know the Celtics would not want to play them. If I was the Celtics, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round.
0: No, I I I know who the Heat want in the first round. To be quite honest,
1: Philly. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to get done. Yeah. They have to get that six. Yeah, yeah, so.
0: It's going to be exciting. I mean, the West is crazy right now. Uh, they're, they're all vying for positions, so uh, it will be exciting. Um, all right, before we get out here, let's uh, recap, I guess, my trip to Richmond. Um, saw, you know, it was exciting. Um, pretty good weekend. I, I, I've said to a few people, it's what the track needed race-wise. It was a good race on Sunday, but... The action all weekend was really good. The Xfinity race was great. I saw my first ever modified race, uh, and that was really exciting. And by the way, I don't know if many people know this, but there's a guy from Ontario that races in the modified series full-time. Uh, Ontario Nick, as in where Wayne is. Uh, so that'll be interesting. He, uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, though, which is bad. Uh, maybe I
1: can. Wayne Central. Correct. Ontario.
0: What are you doing? What are you doing with the mic? <laughs> <laughs> People can hear that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, busted. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there's also a
1: town called Wayne, too.
0: Yes, down in Yates County.
1: Uh, Wayne, uh, New York.
0: Let me, let me look it up quick here.
1: Are we the a bigger. Theater,
0: theater of the Mind is going on right now.
1: Ontario, New York. We've been there a couple times.
0: Ah, here we go. Tommy Catalano.
1: Tommy. Yeah,
0: yeah he ran good, and then he, I think he had a mechanical issue, so we looked really good, and then, uh, that was pretty exciting to see. And then a twenty-year-old kid won. And by the way, this guy I'm not going to remember his name at all, only because I know I didn't search him. There was a kid, I actually, excuse me, that runs in the modified. Nick, from Humblestown. Oh yeah! How about that? So Old PA, yeah. Shout out Justin yeah. Keeper. Yeah, so a couple of different connections here for us, but it was a really great week. It, it was about as packed as I've seen Richmond ever mm. uh, since I've been going down there in twenty seventeen. Uh, busy. The midway was very busy this year as well. Which was just good to see. Um, how many? It was needed. It was needed for the track. I'd say. How many
1: times have you seen Kyle Larson yeah. win?
0: Oh, wow. Might, you you want to know what's wildest? He might have the most wins that I've been to at, in person. <coughs> now that I'm thinking about it. I'd have to go back and actually like... He won the Watkins that.
1: Tour years well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And he won the Watkins
1: Xfinity Series too.
0: Mm-hmm. He won Richmond here. And the first Richmond race I went to in 2017, he won as well. So I, he's he's got to be up there now. He might be number one now that I'm thinking about it, which is wild to think about. To be honest with you, but and
1: he just came on the scene just a few years.
0: Well, um,
1: winning uh, scene, the winning scene.
0: Well, sure, ish. I mean, he won his first stuff in 2017 at the cup level, and uh, I guess he's really taken off from there. But yeah, I mean, so how do you
1: feel about Richmond? Are they gonna win the Premier League?
0: Sure, yeah, I don't know. I think it's positive, possible, and I think more importantly, the, the short track package looked good, but now there's a lot of talk about taking the cars back to a night race, and since the racing has looked good, so I, I think it's a big plus all around for Richmond, I'd say. Um, plus, we had some action in front of us. I saw uh, Denny Hamlin dumped J.J. Yaley, so that was pretty exciting.
1: <laughs> uh, J.J. Yaley, yes. Yeah. the yeah. tough one. Yeah, it will
0: happen, so. All right, that will do it then for uh, fresh takes for today. Uh, Nick, who are you shouting out today? Now, I know you didn't have any, any gifts today. By the way, uh, I, do, I do want to do a shout out to Remy Rips for, for that uh, really awesome stuff. Um, waiting for my head to get another card box <laughs> off Amazon, so that's in the mail. and uh, Hopefully, we'll get to ripping a few more packs here.
1: Uh, shortly, anyway. So, but all right. I really appreciate that. So, Nick, uh,
0: back over to you. Who are you shouting? I uh, out?
1: shout out uh, Colin Dombeck today. Oh. It's his birthday. I so. saw. Happy birthday. Tomorrow. Oh. Tomorrow is his birthday. Well, happy Future birthday. <laughs> yeah, he's a big golf guy. You know, Masters this week, and uh, yeah. So, shout out Colin. Happy birthday tomorrow, and uh, let's go. Uh, let's go, Tiger Woods. All right. How
0: about that, man? <laughs> Alright, everybody, so appreciate everybody for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. And we will be back next Thursday for Fresh Takes.